Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Alameda County's got a new district attorney, and she's bringing an approach to criminal justice that's never been seen in an Alameda County DA before. I understand from a 21st century prosecutor's perspective that I want prosecutors who want to change lives and not destroy them. And getting convictions is not always justice. Pamela Price won the seat for DA by a pretty big margin, beating her more tough-on-crime opponent, Terry Wiley. And Price wants out with our old ways of dealing with crime and in with a more holistic approach. Today, Alameda County DA Pamela Price and what we know about how she'll run the office. DA Price's campaign and what she's fighting for represents a really big change in the way criminal cases are prosecuted in Alameda County. Annalise Finney is a producer and reporter for KQED. DA Price originally is from Ohio. She moved out to the Bay Area in the 70s. She is a graduate of UC Berkeley and Yale. And when she first began her law career, she started working as a community defender in the Bayview and eventually left to start working as a civil rights attorney. And she had a long career as a civil rights attorney, about 30 years. She's one of it's only a handful of black women in the U.S. who have argued before the U.S. Supreme Court. And during that time, she focused her work primarily on employment litigation, but within that, representing people who'd experienced sexual harassment. How would you describe her as a candidate? She's an outsider. Since the founding of the DA's office in Alameda County, the leaders of that office have come from inside, and she doesn't. She actually hasn't worked ever as a DA. So what she brings to the table is a lot of personal experience, a lot of legal experience, though, in a slightly different field of law, and just an understanding of criminal justice as it's experienced by communities of color. When you look at where she won, she tended to win in districts that are more low income, that are more heavily populated by people of color. Um, And she lost in the kind of traditionally more wealthy areas of the East Bay, including kind of the Berkeley and Oakland Hills, and then over the hills um, into kind of the Tri-Valley area. And why did she resonate so much with voters? Well, that depends on who you ask. Some people say she won because her message really resonated with people who are the most immediately impacted by the criminal justice system, whether they're more likely to be the victims of crime or they're more likely to have family members, loved ones, and friends incarcerated by the criminal justice system. 
her message of kind of a more holistic vision for how we deal with harm in our community, one that's focused on healing and ending mass incarceration, she says resonated more with those communities. There's other people who say that this race was a little bit of an easier race to win because there wasn't an incumbent in the race, and it's the first time in many decades that that's the case. Pamela Price, when you compare her to her competitor, Terry Wiley, also had greater name recognition. She'd run before in 2018, performed pretty well in that race, even though she did lose to Nancy O'Malley. She'd also run for other positions in Alameda County. She'd run for Oakland mayor. She'd run for an assembly district. Beyond that, she says that kind of her cause was out there. We've seen a big shift in the way that people think about the power of prosecutors and the ability they have to really push forward social justice in a community. And you actually met up with Pamela Price in the days of her sort of transition to her new job. Can you tell me what that was like? What was the mood like in her office? Are you going to hold that like that for an hour? Mm. Really? Yeah, watch it. It's going to be going. <laughs> I know I need a mic stand, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I met up with Pamela Price, she was working in a, out of a temporary office. She was pretty excited. I think in this transition period, she was in the process of sort of closing down her campaign, building up her transition team, and really looking at the job ahead. For me, preparing very quickly to be in a transition mode, to be able to go have things, understand the office as I'm walking into it, and be able to kind of plan ahead of time. My first priority is to get the office in a state where I can manage it. Okay, well, let's talk about what we know about how Pamela Price plans to approach her job as DA. What were her top priorities on the campaign trail? So Pamela Price's top priorities were to end mass incarceration as we know it and to reduce racial disparities in the justice system. And she has sort of a bunch of policy ideas about how we achieve those goals. We will treat everyone with dignity and respect. That's fundamental. That we're striving to create a system that is fair to everyone. Another big point for her is rebuilding public trust in the criminal justice system. And tied to that is sort of police accountability and also transparency. So making the public more aware of how charging decisions are being made and how they line up with the kind of demographics of the county. Another part of that is respecting people who bring cases to the office, who are the victims or survivors of crimes. And I think she has a very expansive idea of you know, who is a victim in this system. She doesn't want to see people's lives destroyed by these systems. She wants to see, as she says it, at least the whole community kind of healed as the main goal of the criminal justice system. I want prosecutors who want to change lives and not destroy them. And getting convictions is not always justice. Do we know about anything about how Pamela Price maybe plans to approach the issue of police accountability? I mean, she's talked a fair amount about that. And and one thing she wants to see are sort of more aggressive investigations into misconduct by police officers. She has talked widely about really wanting to build an independent investigative force that could look into these issues. She also wants to see these investigations happen faster. I think there's sometimes a lag between when an incident happens and when the investigation um, is really made public. I think she recognizes that the DA has to have a working relationship with police, but I think she 
wants to see that be one in which fairness, both to the community and people who are harmed by police and to police officers, is paramount. My job as a district attorney is to empower, and I don't want to say empower, I want to say assist the police in solving crime as necessary um, without racial profiling. I want to ask you about the issue of gun violence. How exactly does Pamela Price intend to tackle that issue? She said that she wants to advocate for solutions to gun violence and gun violence prevention that have been proven to work, things like violence interrupters, which is a program that already exists within Oakland. But that's not technically within what the DA usually does. So the DA has the ability to kind of create support programs and to advocate, but not necessarily to kind of run those programs themselves. But one thing she said as DA that she wants to do is not have sort of what she calls needless prosecutions or harsher punishments for gun cases if that doesn't actually really reduce gun violence. And there's some debate about, you know, is punishment a good deterrent for these types of crimes? Does it actually stop them? Or is it more effective to look at these other underlying causes? So DA Price sort of has a policy platform that expands beyond the traditional work and includes a fair amount of advocacy. And I I do feel like folks across the Bay Area have expressed concern about crime. How does she talk about the issue of public safety in general? Like, what is the tone that she's trying to set overall? She often framed it as something that has been a little bit overblown. A lot of the fear that gets um, used in DA races is race-based, let's face it. And we heard it in our race. There was a lot of race baiting. Oh, those dangerous people in Oakland who are responsible for all the crime. That's a dog whistle for racism. And I really resented it and I reject it. She definitely takes these issues seriously. But when she talks about how we actually make our community safer, she's quick to say that it's about this sort of holistic approach to criminal justice that looks at the root causes of crime that extend far beyond sort of, you know, somebody's individual choice more into the systems that create the conditions for crimes to occur. When people are led to believe that fear is that they need to be afraid, understand where that's coming from. Everybody wants to be safe, and I understand that. None of us should be afraid that that's going to happen on a regular basis. Coming up, what challenges Pamela Price might face in making her vision for criminal justice happen. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California, the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. 
If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Well, it sounds like Pamela Price has some really big changes that she wants to make. What challenges might she face in actually accomplishing all that she hopes to do? Well, to start, DA Price has a lot of sort of basic learning to do in terms of how the office is set up and runs. DA Price doesn't have any experience in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. On top of that, the transition into the office and the sort of handing off of information between DA O'Malley's administration and now DA Price's administration hasn't been going as smoothly as it could. I think I've talked a little bit with both sides and both say that there have been some problems on the transition team for Pamela Price's side. There's sort of been some accusations that DA O'Malley has not been very forthcoming with information, hasn't provided them the documents they asked for to help them understand the way the office works. And on the other side, people in O'Malley's office say that DA Price's transition team has perhaps been a little disorganized and hasn't returned calls kind of as quickly or as frequently as, as they would like. On top of that, there is the question of buy-in from the DA's office employees. There are 150 attorneys in that office, around 400 employees generally when you include sort of the administrative staff and investigators. And a lot of them donated heavily to Terry Wiley's campaign. He had worked for them. He was a leader in the office. He was a very known entity and essentially sort of the known favorite of that space. And they didn't really get what they wanted. There's pushback from within DA's offices when there is this type of big change in the kind of political direction of the office. So it's not totally clear how that's going to play out. I've spoken with some people in the DA's office who say that there's just a lot of nervousness. In the last week, a handful of high up, very respected within the office, people were let go, were either put on administrative leave or fired. That has sort of hurt, hurt the morale and made people sort of question, are they going to be fired as well? I am curious what opposition to her looks like in Alameda County and what people are saying who are opposing her about the changes that she hopes to make. On the campaign trail, a lot of the opposition she faced was from people who felt like the changes she was presenting were too big. There was a lot of comparisons between her and Chesa Boudin by people who didn't like Chesa Boudin, who agreed with the recall having happened. But I think people felt like, you know, Chesa Boudin was an experiment in criminal justice, and we don't want that experiment coming here to Alameda County. <laughs> So on election night, I went to Terry Wiley's election party on Grand Avenue in Oakland, and a number of people were giving speeches. And one of the people who stood up to speak was an assistant DA named Butch Ford. He stood up um, and gave a speech that was obviously very in favor of Terry Wiley, um, but criticized Pamela Price by comparing her to Chesa Boudin. The Chesa Boudin experiment was tried in San Francisco and failed. So Terry Wiley made it real clear he'd be damned that the Pamela Price is going to be tried here. 
So without further ado, now in his speech before a crowd of other assistant DAs, he says, the Chesa Boudin experiment in San Francisco was tried and failed. So Terry Wiley has been clear that he'd be damned if the Pamela Price experiment happened here. So that's been a big part of the opposition. There have been some kind of taxpayers associations who are like, this is an experiment we don't want to pay for. I think a lot of it comes down to sort of an ideological difference um, in how people envision public safety being achieved. How is... Pamela Price and her team sort of anticipating this potential backlash to her approach in Alameda County. It's interesting. I spoke with a gentleman named Yoel Haile, who is the ACLU of Northern California's Criminal Justice Program Director. Haile is a member of the transition team working with Pamela Price, and he seemed pretty confident that these changes that the office is putting forward will result in better outcomes for public safety. It remains to be seen what happens in Alameda County. We're hopeful that because she was voted by massive margins that, you know, I think she will she will fulfill her term of six years and um, and carry on those promises. And, you know, when I spoke with D.A. Price, she was pretty confident that behind her is the will of the people, that people are frustrated with the type of criminal justice prosecution we've seen in the past has been frustrated with the DA's offices not doing more to kind of reduce racial inequity in our communities as it plays out in the justice system. And they want to see a change. Change is hard. It's exciting. It's a good thing for Alameda County. The reason why I ran again was because I know how broken the system is. Well, what are you going to be watching, Annalise, and what are the sort of biggest questions that you have as Pamela Price starts her job? I think the biggest question is, or at least the biggest thing that we can look to is, are our communities safer? Is this approach actually working? I asked DA Price how she's planning to measure the success of her office and the work of her prosecutors. When you say that the metric might be kind of this desire to change lives and to make that type of positive change. How do you measure that? I measure it by community engagement. I measure it by what is your role in offering and implementing alternatives to diversion? How engaged are you in ensuring that people with mental illness actually get the services they need? or that a young person who doesn't need to have a felony conviction as his first, on his first offense, how are you managing that? What alternatives are you bringing to me? What solutions are you bringing? And I will be looking to work with the deputies to shift their views about the people that we represent, the people that we serve. At the end of this month, Pamela Price is expected to kind of onboard a bunch of new people into the Alameda DA's office, so observers will kind of get a better sense of where that office is headed. Oakland, as part of Alameda County, is kind of pushing it all forward in a way that may play out really well. It it may not. It's unclear. Well, Annalise, thank you so much, as always, for breaking this down. I really appreciate it. No problem.
Thanks to Annalise Finney, a producer and reporter for KQED. This 45-minute conversation with Annalise was edited and cut by producer Maria Esquinka. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. He scored this episode and added all the tape. And I wanted to give a warm podcast welcome to our new intern, Jalen Herdman. Jalen is coming to us from KPFA in Berkeley, and you'll be hearing their fingerprints on our show these next few months. Welcome, Jalen. Jen Chien is our director of podcasts. Cesar Saldana is our podcast engagement producer. And Holly Kernan is our chief content officer. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening, y'all. Talk to you next time. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 